SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Picking up our Bible and reading our Bible are two different things, right? Well, most of us, we have our physical Bible, and then we have access to it on our phones. But discerning when God's actually communicating to us personally is an entirely different thing. We're talking about that with Pete Gregg today at SWS Radio. How are you, Pete? Doing great. So good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Checking in all the way from England. That's right. Yeah, it's a rainy day in England, baby. <laughs> we live for rainy days where I am in the desert, Pete. You have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Well, you visited here. I know you were, you were speaking with Hillsong in Phoenix in Las Vegas recently. And- yeah, no, we had a great time. And we, my wife came with me, so we managed to take a road trip up to the Grand Canyon. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if anywhere ever told you that you're very, very small, but you connected with someone very, very big. That's it. It was amazing. We loved it. <laughs> well, Pete, you're the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, which has literally reached half of the nations on earth. And when we pray, usually we talk, 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 but rarely do we actually spend as much time ready to listen to God. Right, right. Which is rude, isn't it? I mean, imagine trying to build a relationship with someone who only talked at you but never listened to you. And so, yeah, I, I feel really strongly that the most important thing you can ever learn to do in life is learn to hear God. Because, you know, what can happen when the God who spoke the universe into existence actually speaks a word into your life? And I don't know about you, Scott, I need his guidance. I need his ticking off, you know, from time to time. I need his encouragement. I need his word. I don't just want a dead book. You know, I need his living word in my life each day. And there is something important about God putting us in our place sometimes, because when we're just going and we're just running the race and we're just doing our own thing, we tend to drift if we're not anchored on him. And there's correction that's going to take place, and we don't have to take shame on that. It's naturally what happens in a relationship with a father. Yeah, book of Hebrews says that, right? It says that if your father loves you, sometimes he's going to discipline you. And, and uh, you know, when our kids were little, if one of them was kicking a soccer ball across the road, I'm going to yell, don't. And it's not because I want to spoil his fun. It's just I don't want him to get flattened. So sometimes God challenges us. But I find mostly he surprises me with his kindness. So thankful for the radical grace part of all of it. I mean, yeah, there's love and grace and there's conviction. And I think a lot of times in our world, we tend to lean one way or the other based off of our personality or the kind of church experience that we grew up in. It's like, oh, we're going to go like 70% grace because we think that's what people need to hear on other situations where everybody's going crazy. We're like, we're going to lead 70% towards the truth of conviction and hammer that harder. But Jesus didn't teach it like that. He taught 100% truth and 100% grace at the same time. And that blows our mind as Americans, at least. (laughs) No, that's exactly right, isn't it? And I think it gets more complex, not just because of theology, but because, you know, if we haven't been parented well ourselves, it can be really hard to understand how someone can be all loving and yet also sometimes quite firm, you know? Maybe we had parents who were very, very firm, but didn't show us a lot of love. It was all about performance. Or maybe we had parents who just wanted to be our friend, but never really challenged us. So I think this is more and more of an issue. And when we talk about learning to hear God's voice, the key is 
to understand the whole Bible in the light of Jesus. And, you know, the way we understand the Old Testament, the way we understand Paul's epistles is to understand Jesus and, and say, does this word from the Bible sound like Jesus, smell like Jesus, feel like Jesus? Because he's the one who makes sense of everything else. The theologians call that the Christological hermeneutic, but it's just a pretty radical way of reading the Bible. It means we don't just grab some random verse from Leviticus and build our lives on it, but we say, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do in this situation? It's like, okay, it's like, I'm reading these words. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does Jesus have to say about this, especially if you're reading the Old Testament part of it, where it may not be as front and center as maybe it is in the Gospels? Yeah, no, exactly. Jesus is like the glasses that we put on to read the Bible, you know? In the Emmaus Road story, which I love, it's such a beautiful story. It says that Jesus explained the whole of the scriptures to them, showing that it how it pointed to him. So he, he reinterpreted the Bible in light and stuff. And that, that is a real key to learning to hear God's voice is getting to know Jesus. It's Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. We need to get to know the person of Jesus if we're to make sense of the Bible. So if we want to understand how to hear God, we have to understand and comprehend the person of Jesus. And we're talking with Pete Gregg from the 24-7 Prayer Movement. He's the founder of that. He's a pastor, a seminary professor. But Pete, what are some of the disciplines that we can embrace when we want to learn how to actually hear God? The biggest thing is to learn how to just be still. You know, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. There's something about silence and attentiveness that helps us to see God in the present moment and helps us to hear the God who whispers more than he shouts, right? So one journalist said, atheism is the religion of the busy. And the Bible invites us to slow down. Jesus often said, have you got ears to hear? So we always think the problem is that God isn't speaking, but you can have Jesus Christ standing in front of you and fail to have ears to hear him. How do you get ears to hear Jesus? Well, make a little time each day just to be silent and to be still and to be attentive. And you'll be amazed how, in my experience, God comes to us disguised as our lives. We miss God most of the time because he's not weird enough for us. (laughs) It's weird how weird we get about God when he, by definition, created normality. And yet we look at normality and say, well, that can't be God. That's normality. Everything God does has got to be weird. But that's weird. By definition, you should expect God to speak to you in your conversations, in creation, in listening to the radio, whatever you do, because he is the God of normality. Sometimes it'll be angels and dreams and visions and dramatic stuff, but most of the time he whispers. It's so interesting when we study God's Word and we want to understand how to hear God. We think He's not speaking. We think He's just being silent. We're talking with Pete Gregg Mm -hmm. from the 24-7 Prayer Movement, and he's a pastor and best-selling author. But Pete, it's interesting, right at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, where it talks about the way that God created the earth, and it's showing that God had a plan. This was intentional, but he spoke it into existence each day, like one by one by one in each of the things and the places and the spaces that he created. He was speaking loud and clear. Yeah. I mean, isn't that incredible? He, He made everything by speaking and he wants to speak to you and me. 
So, I mean, if a few words from him can create the whole universe, what might a single word to you or me mean? So, I mean, this is why I say in, in my new book, How to Hear God, the most important thing you can ever do in your life is learn to hear God. Imagine that some people have the facility to hear the voice of God and they live their entire lives without learning to do that. That has got to be the greatest tragedy imaginable. How wonderful that whatever you're going through right now, whatever questions you're asking, there is a God who made everything by speaking and came as Jesus, who we're told is the living word. So this is a communicating God. This isn't a silent God. It's not an absent or a distant God. This is a God who probably is speaking to you more than you realize. Yeah, when we want to fully understand God, we have to take the time to listen to God. And there's some disciplines and some practices that we've got to rethink when we want to get into the quiet. And Pete, you know, a few years ago, you wrote a book called How to Pray. And then in this newest book, you talk about a process called Lectio Divinia. I guess my Latin is terrible, but it's a way of hearing from God. Can you explain what that process was all about? Yeah, Lectio Divina is, is a Latin word that just means the holy reading. And it's an ancient way of reading the Bible, not just for information and education, but for revelation, meditation and inspiration. And so it basically means reading slowly, using your imagination in the way that you read. Sometimes, you know, I read the whole Bible in a year one time. And if I'm honest, there were entire chapters I just zoomed through because I just wanted to kind of get it over and done with. And if you'd asked me at the end, Scott, what, what did you even read? I couldn't tell you. Lecture Divina is a way of slowing down, maybe even just reading a single verse or a single story and bringing it to life. And so, for example, if the verse was Psalm 23, say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You might think, well, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. What are the other things in my life that are trying to shepherd me right now? No, Lord, you're, the Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't matter that my husband's not interested. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you start to think about what it means that you're just a stupid, dumb, smelly sheep, and that's okay, so take some pressure off, but he's your shepherd. So by getting it, and then, and then use your imagination more. You know, you could read about... I don't know, that's Jesus calming the storm. Don't just read the story. Imagine it. What are you smelling? The smell of the water. Sweat, men who are sweating, right? You know, what are you hearing? You're hearing the, the ropes flapping around. You're hearing the howling of the wind. So by using your senses, you can bring the scriptures to life. And Lecture Divina, as I say, it's a very, very ancient way of reading the Bible. And here's the real, the, the, the real secret, because in the, in the book, I really explain how to do this. And I tell you, I promise you, it will revolutionize your relationship with the Bible. If you, do, if you learn to lecture Divina, it's very simple. It will revolutionize. But here's the real key. When you learn to read the Bible like that, you eventually learn to read all of life like that. You start to be able to go to the cinema. You start to go to the, you know, to Walmart, and you start to learn to hear and see God in places that are not overtly religious. And that, that's when it gets really exciting. But it begins with learning to read the Bible in that way. 
You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we'll talk about prayer and meditation, and we understand the prayer part is just simply talking to God. But when you get into the idea of meditation, I think a lot of times we just start to think of like how Eastern religions do meditation, and you get into this whole metaphysical kind of view of, you know, the way that you're using your body and your breathing and the way that you're stretching and posing. And it's almost like somebody's, it's almost like somebody's substituting the word yoga for prayer. And it's like, no, like meditation is something that is biblical. King David talked about it. A lot of the prophets in the Old Testament talked about meditation. But I think in our culture today, we sort of mix up like the, the metaphysical ways that we look at Eastern spirituality and New Age spirituality, and we sort of put the words meditation like we're substituting that for a different form of prayer. How do you see what biblical meditation is and how it's a little different than what prayer is? One of the biggest differences between our faith and those Eastern traditions, bearing in mind our faith is not a Western one, it's a Middle Eastern one, but one of the biggest differences is the Hebrew mindset is you're not emptying your mind, you're filling it. So you're focusing on truth, on scripture, on Jesus. You're not trying to zone out and lose it. Now, back to your thing about breathing. Here's the deal, Scott. If you need a Bible verse for breathing, you're in deep trouble. Breathing is just a really good thing to do, right? It's just, but there is something about breathing slowly that will help you to center and be more focused. And absolutely, as you say, meditating on the Bible is a biblical way of reading the Bible. Just treating it like a, a, a science textbook at school is not a biblical way to read the Bible. <laughs> we are meant to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're meant to experience the Bible, not just understand it. If the Pharisees understood the Bible better than anyone, but Jesus, he, he didn't just know it in his head. He had meditated on it. And so again, in the book, I give some simple tools for how you can learn to meditate on scripture. And by the way, we all do this all the time. Every time you go to the movie theater, you meditate because you move from just observing what's happening on the screen in the opening credits and thinking about your, your Coke and your popcorn and the person behind you. And before you know it, you get deep into the movie. You forget that you're in a movie theater. You know, you're lost in the thing. So if we do this when we go to the cinema, we don't go around saying, Oh, that's Eastern. It's just a good movie. The Bible is the greatest book of all time. It's high time we learn how to lose ourselves in it a little bit, the way we do when we go to the movie theater. We're talking to Pete Gregg today at SWS Radio, and you pastor a church in England called Emmaus Road. And obviously the name comes from Jesus' journey on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection. But, you know, when you were thinking about the impact of that story, obviously it was a vital piece of understanding how to hear from God, so much so that you wanted to call your church Emmaus Road. Tell me the story. Oh, it's just one of the best stories in the entire Bible. I love the Emmaus Road story. And it is loaded, Scott. It is loaded with revelation on what it means to have a relationship with God, what it means to be church, and it, what how we hear God. In that story, you know, the first thing to notice is Jesus turns up incognito. Like he's the resurrected Jesus, and they don't realize that's who they're talking to for hours. I mean, not just for a few minutes. So that tells me something that 
Most of the time when Jesus is close, we don't notice. The second thing is he unpacks the whole of the Bible to, to them in the light of himself. So that says that the Bible is the way he reveals himself. He doesn't just go, hi, I'm Jesus, I'm resurrected. He, he takes them on a probably, it's probably like a two to three hour Bible study. Like, and I know people would be disappointed. They're like, if Jesus turns up, <laughs> I don't want a two hour Bible study. But that's how he did it. And then the next thing is notice, like when he's invited, there's this cool bit in there, you've probably noticed it. They get to the house in Emmaus and Jesus pretends he's got somewhere else to do. I mean, the guy is risen from the dead. He's literally got all the time in the world. He's just (laughs) playing with them. But it makes you wonder, did he turn up outside other people's houses? They didn't invite him in and they just missed the big one, right? And then these people invited him in. And it's at the meal table, the penny drops, and they realize who it is. And so, you know, one of the things about that story is it shows us that God speaks to us through normality. It shows us that God speaks to us through the scriptures. It shows us that God speaks to us just in our own homes and around our meal tables, through the sacraments, right, because he's breaking bread. And they say this beautiful thing, they say, didn't our hearts burn within us? And so there's something there about the prophetic, about those moments where God speaks to us in a way that just makes our hearts burn with recognition. So it's pretty cool. One story and you've got all that in there. Well, we're talking with Pete Gregg today at SWS Radio, and his new book's called How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Pete. Thanks for having me. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.